Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, beginning his career in casting on the popular detective series Hunter and working on the pilot of Everybody Loves Raymond, Michael Tessa has cast over 80 films and television series across his storied career. He has cast numerous pilots and television series, including um, Cold Case, Original Roswell, Make It or Break It, Ringer, Chase, Dr. Vegas, Stitches, and Amazon Prime Comment. Michael has also cast many films which have screened at Sundance and streamed on many platforms, including Netflix, Apple TV, and Hulu. As a writer, Michael has written and sold five screenplays, including two Amazon films, the thriller Don't Look Back and the boxing drama Glass Jaw. So welcome to our room, Michael. Very, very Thank happy you. to be here. Happy to be here. So um, you began your career as a casting intern with Stephen Cannell, is it? Or? Yeah, this rhymes with Channel. That's how you remember Channel. It. Oh, right. <laughs> on, some uh, on some fantastic 80s and 90s shows. Yes. Can you just uh, tell us what got you into casting first? And, you know, what was the thrill of it? Uh, I really just kind of fell into casting. I knew nothing about it. I had studied film for years in high school and college and went to Northwestern and then realized after I moved back to New Jersey, where I'm originally from, that if I wanted to be in the entertainment industry at that point in time, L.A. was the place to be. So I drove out here, you know, no job, not knowing anyone and answered an ad in Variety like the second day I was here for a casting intern at a at Stephen Cannell, who I had studied in college, um, and got it. So I really didn't know that much about casting. I always remembered actors, but not the nuts and bolts of casting. And it's just, it's a fun job. I mean, anybody <laughs> different. If, 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 if you ever meet bitter casting directors, then, you know, I mean, I would tell them get a different job because I, I, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not high, I mean, it's high pressured, but it's, a lot of it's of your own making. It's just a lot of fun. You meet people. and I don't know what any other job where you can meet 30, 40 people a day. I know. And it's very true, actually. Yeah. So, how? I mean, it changed a lot since then. You know, what a new point, you know, from starting from, like, you know, working with Steve Cannell. Stephen Cannell. Um, well, I was, an inter I was an intern, and then I became an assistant on a show called Hunter. Right. And then worked in various sort of assistant positions, and then left and then I, I started working with two casting directors who had worked there they had a casting department which had like seven or eight casting directors and they would kind of come and go just a few staples but um yeah just started working my way up since you know from that so, point i mean back then we had you had headshots that you yes. were was you know were sent to from agents and mailed into you so how different is that when you've got the headshots in front of you as opposed to looking um, looking them on a screen? Yeah, I mean, at, the, at first when I was like, I was like, oh, I don't love this computer thing and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's really no different. Um, I was never one of those headshot keepers, which I never understood. I mean, you know, years ago, the cast directors would have these huge files of pictures. And, oh, I need a you know an actress between... 25 and 30 and they go and they look through all the pictures and whatnot. I just, I never understood that because casting is very fluid, I think, and sort of organic and people change. So, and I also have a memory like an elephant. I mean, I can really remember things. So um, I never, I never kept pictures in a file or anything like that. So, so the, 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 the computer thumbnail is just, it's easier for me. 
So, yeah, a lot of casting directors talk about these fantastic memories. Do you think you need a good memory to be a casting director? Uh, it doesn't hurt. It helps. I mean, it helps, you know, right? You know, but you know, I but I I, I can I can be forgetful and and <laughs> a little, when I want to be. I mean, I've I've actually watched shows. When I ever watch a show or um, uh, a movie or a television show, I don't, I never watch it in, ter in terms of casting, really. I just kind of let it sort of sink in and let the story go because I'm, I'm a fan of the whole genre itself. So not just that aspect casting. Um, so I've been like, I, I've seen some shows where I'm like, oh my God, I really love that person as an actor. And then I realize, oh, I've hired him a million times before. I had no idea that was that person. So um yeah, yeah. I can be a little slow when I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> but a good memory does help. I mean, it does. It does, right? Yeah. So, you know, you know, you, you cast out, you know, you, you post on the platforms that you're looking for certain people. What are the materials that you focus on first when casting for a role? You know, I, one of the, the great things about the job is that it's different. So I... I, I I really cast differently with every single role that I get because depending upon the show, depending upon the movie, the tone of the movie, what's more important is the physicality of an actor more important than the performance. You know, I, I did a TV show called Cold Case where I had to match physically, I had, to, I had to find two actors to play the same character at different ages. So the physical looks of an actor, um, and I mean actor in general, both male and female, obviously, uh, was extremely important. So it's never changing. I always find when anybody puts any kind of rules on casting, it, it, it becomes kind of stale and, and boring. Right. Because it, it is different with everything. Different. Every, no matter, even if it says, you know, detective, there's so many aspects of being a detective. There's so right. many different ways to play it. So, you know, you must be looking for totally different things. Right. And depending, you know, your director may, you know, whoever you're who's directing may emphasize different aspects of a performance that they like, you know? And so it's, it's truly also the one job that's completely com um, collaborative with all other aspects of, of the industry. And I, I, you know, I have to work with agents and managers, I have to work with producers, directors, writers, costumers, ADs, mm -hmm. you know, it just, it goes on. So that's why, uh, one of the reasons why I really like casting is because it really is, I, I mean, I mean, not trying to toot my own horn, but I will, but I can produce <laughs> with my eyes closed now because I've, I've done it so long and I've done worked in so many films. I work well with production so I can produce a movie. I mean, sometimes I tell the producers, you know, don't schedule them that way. That's the, it's ridiculous because I've done it. You, so. can, you can toot your own horn, Michael. That's Well, fine. thank you. <laughs> so do you at times think differently to the director and their viewpoint, you know, when you're casting? And if so, can you share, a, you know, a story about if that happened? What do you mean in terms of my working relationship with directors? Yeah, you know, like, you know, when you're working out who you should cast for. Uh, oh, for it's, the, you know, again, it's different with every director. You know, you, yes. uh, you you bond more with the directors when you're doing a film than you do on, 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 on episodic. Although, again, the exception for me was Cold Case, where uh, I worked closely with each director of each episode, each episode simply mm -hmm. because it was such a, um, um, a prominent part of that show, and, and they got really, really amazing directors, feature film directors and whatnot to cast to direct episodes of the TV show. But with, with episodic television, you know, the, the director is sometimes not as prominent a focus in terms of casting as is the executive producer or showrunner. Films, it's much different. The directors should, I believe film is the director's medium. So I try to hook into the brain of a director. Um, and it's just sort of being in sync and sort of sometimes showing 
or telling a director what they don't want and, and sort of guiding them through the aspects of actors and how they perform and what it's going to come out to be as well. I, I do take the, the director part of my title, casting director, very seriously. Um, well, it's, it's, one of, it's, it's the same thing in a way, isn't it? I mean, it's just one experience of being a director as opposed right, to... Right, you know, the, the way it should go is that we're supposed to get, we're supposed to direct actors and get enough and get them ready for the actual director, for them to choose and who they want to use in their films. Um, you know, I mean, I've worked very closely with a lot of directors and a lot of directors sometimes, you know, there's, there's ones that you don't work well with, you know, and just, I mean, that's, that's life. Yeah, um, because I'm sure they have their point of view, and they're they have a point of view, and and yes. I mean, it's like the very very first film I cast, I worked with a wonderful writer director. I love him. He's a fabulous man. His name is Tim McCanley. It was a movie called Dancer Texas Population '81. Um, but as I was working with him, I kind of realized we had sort of totally different visions of what this movie could be. Um, mine was sort of a last picture show, kind of bittersweet quality mm -hmm. to it, and he was wanted more of a sort of a a family-friendly Disney kind of reaction to the film, you know? And so at the end of the day, I have to accommodate to his vision because it's um, his, the guy in force. But I try, to, I try to show him as much as I can through acting, through the performances, what this film could be if he wanted to make this movie. So when, so when you're casting, do you see the headshot and then watch the reel or do you just stop at the headshot and say that look is exactly again i just go very instinctually um right. i look at reels of actors i don't know simply because i like to see the the trials and tribulations and the triumphs uh on a self-tape before i sort of judge an actor i think i can learn a lot about an actor where some you know by the choices they don't make mm -hmm. uh, as much as the choices they do make so um yeah, I'll go through. I try to also pick a lot of times actors I don't know for each role, simply because to sort of keep my my memory fresh and sort of to expand my knowledge of the actors out there. Um, so I go through, I get the role, I, I read it, I try to get an understanding, and then I start going through, you know, the, the submissions and picking people that I want to see. So how many would you bring in for a role? Well, you know, I... <laughs> uh, sort of one of my issues is I sometimes see too many people. That's why I do love self tapes because I get to see more people. Mm -hmm. Time frame. Um, you know, when I was reading people in offices, my associates would always come to me and say, "You, you just you phys you just physically can't see this many people. It's just impossible." I'm like, "Oh <laughs> crap." Okay, um, so we have to cut down. But I mean, self tapes. I would say, at the end of the day, if it's a film, I probably pick three to 400 people on average to see for each role. Well, that's a lot to go through though. Well, listen, any casting director tells you they go through every single table all the way through, they're lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just are. Yes, that's why, I'm we, sure. that's why I tell actors the very first, you know, 10 set, 15 seconds of every self tape is the most important. I know one, I think one casting director said that they had gone through 3,600 tapes in an afternoon. And I'm like, oh, please. That's, that's just one second of not even opening up the tape. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but I do open up every tape. Good. That I will say. I do well, go through every single tape. Less heartening. The length of the, how I, I go through it is debatable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know what you're looking for, too. So it's not. Yeah, just... or, you know, sometimes, you know, if, what you're looking for also changes as you start seeing people do things. You know, and so that that's sort of a um, 
an organic moving piece to the whole puzzle of what you're looking for. It never really is the same. And also to what we're looking for when we're casting sometimes winds up being much different than when the film is shot. Um, so, I mean, one of the major traits that I try to look for with each actor, especially on smaller films or indie films is can an actor be flexible? Can they take direction, you know, uh, 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 to the moment mm. without sort of obsessing and being very rigid in their choices? Because sometimes, you know, you're on set and ideas come to you and come to the director. So you have to be able to do that. Yes, that happens a lot, actually. I mean, I've, the times that I've been on set, there's a lot of changes that go on. Let's redo this. Let's try it this way with this tone, with that emotion. It, it happens all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you'd be surprised how many, a lot of actors can adapt to that really wonderfully well. Other actors, you know, once they, they rehearse it, for themselves, it's very hard to get them to out of that box. Yeah, I've seen that too, and it, and it's and it's it can be frustrating, that's for sure. Right, um, right, right. So, how long do you think uh, a reel should be? Is it a minute, two minutes? I'm not, I'm not a great judge for that because I don't look at a lot of reels. But I mean, right. you know, I don't know, four minutes. Four minutes. I guess. I mean, I'm just that. That that's a, a very uneducated guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's to me. For for me, that's quite long, actually. And I think would people see? Well, yeah, but it depends on it depends on the actor. I think sometimes. Yes. Oh, if you have a great scene, you want a great scene. You know. I mean. Yeah, you want to see it all. You right? want to see it all the way through. You know. But I I think order of scenes is also very important. You know, it's like your shape and your state. You know, listen. In this industry, we all know this perception is reality. You know, and people want to see their way. So even like the order of your scenes can, can, you know, shift the perception of somebody watching your demo reel, for instance. Right. Just, so, I mean, I, I'm all for all that, you know, in, in, in manipulating that. I usually just look at tapes of actors when I want to see a different side of them that I'm not seeing maybe in the audition. Right. In audition too, you know. So, so that so. just kind of verifies whether you should yeah. bring the person back in again. I or sometimes, you know, I, I mean, I think that's why I always, you know, sometimes I, 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 I like when sometimes actors have different sort of demo reels, like here's my comedy reel, here's my drama reel, you know, and make it more specific because then it, it helps me. Uh, I, I did a movie for Netflix where the lead guy is wonderful, but he's, and it was a, it's a romantic comedy, very comedic. And he, we didn't know how funny he could be because he did mostly drama. Um, and then, and that was a big hindrance until the agent sent me some, some tapes of some like entertainment show he did in Europe, like an entertainment tonight where he's uh, interviewing other actors and having fun. And he was, you know, you could see just from that tape, and it wasn't even a scripted tape that he could be funny. Right. And that, and that worked. Yeah, that would work for sure. So it, can you kind of talk more about your personal preferences on slates. Do you always ask for them? I, you know, them? yes, I like slates and maybe on a separate, you know, link or, or what do you call it to take? Yeah. I'm not really, I, I, I never understood the sort of structured way some offices send out, you know, tapings, you know, slate this way. But I, I, I honestly, can I curse on this? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. You can do whatever you like. Yeah. I, I could give a shit about a slate quite frankly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, and <laughs> and I mean, you know, I, I saw out of a lot of friends who are actors, somebody showed me this submission. It's like, you know, show your personality in the slate. I mean, what does that mean? You, know, you do a magic trick? I don't understand. Like that, what do you, what, you you're saying your name. How are you going to show your personality? Um, so I think a lot of that times is just, 
silly. I don't understand when offices tell you you can't move on tapes or sit still. I, I, you know, I like to see actors commit their whole bodies and their movement to a character and a, and a scene. I think that's super important. Um, so, so is that standing up, sitting down? You know? It's a, yeah, whatever you want to. I mean, I mean, as long as whatever the movement is organic to the scene, then you should do it. But as long as it's organic, I'm not talking about mining. There's a big difference. Um, yeah. um, you know, you know, if you're if I'm doing a scene and it takes place in a bar, I'm smart enough to know that you can actually drink a drink. I mean, I get it. You know, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes movement tells a story. Yeah, tells part of the story. So definitely does. So, um, in those slates, you know, if you know, if and when people want to send you slates, would you, would you say to add something about yourself or a story that I, I got to be honest, I I don't I don't even put that much effort into. It. I don't even think I look right. at slates, quite frankly. Right, slates oh, are just for, the, for like producer directors that that you know who don't know actors. If I go through a tape and I see somebody I like them, but I'm just like send them. I don't care what the slate looks like. Right. That's not. I, I, I just think it's yeah. I, I just think listen, you know, productions are putting so much on actors these days to do everything like this. I mean, to really put rules, stupid rules about a slate, it, 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 stop. Hi, my name. Blah blah blah. Thanks. You know, enjoy the tape. Oh, there you go. Done. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not, that, <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> so I don't understand why you know. And I'm not saying you do, and I'm not you know, but there I know there's a lot of like offices and projected it so you know make sure you slate it this way it's like oh, yeah so silly that usually means they got an executive somewhere that's sort of a real pain in the ass and and my tactic to that is just tell them they're being a pain in the ass so this is not happening <laughs> so i guess you know the follow-through on this question is um what are your thoughts on the use of props in auditions? You know, hats, guns, food. You have to be know. very careful. Again, as long as it's organic to the scene, I'm not a huge prop person simply because my attention span is really short. And so when anybody introduces a prop, my attention and my focus goes goes right to the prop. Mm -hmm. so I take away from what I'm seeing from the producer, but I've seen other areas where it comes into play. You know, cell phones and like a water bottle are like our right arms these days. It's like an appendage. So they're not as obtrusive. Although I will tell you, and this was an in-person audition, um, some <laughs> actress, she came in and she's fine. And she was doing a nice job. And she brought out a water bottle to, to sip in. The, the bottle was shaped like a flask, but it was clear. And my mind went right. I was like, oh, wow, that's a really cool bottle. Remind me to ask her where she got that when she's done because, and all of a sudden I'm thinking about the bottles and how the bottles will look at my refrigerator, you know, and because, and that happens because you can't get upstaged by, she, poor actress got upstaged by a water bottle. And, well, isn't that wild? That's because, you know, don't forget we're humans. It's, it's tough. It's like, you know, and I was completely like, oh, but, oh my God, look at that water, you know, so be careful, make sure it's organic, make sure it doesn't stand out, right? you know, but there are times when there's like, you know, a piece of wardrobe that could stand out that sort of tells you about the character if the character's in that sort of vein being standoutish or trying to you know a vain character or whatever so so just use common sense absolutely so i mean obviously that's the common mistakes that actors make in their auditions what what you know what would you say is a standout audition in terms of you know what an actor can bring to it 
you know, that's again, that's such a that's such a very kind of it's a nebulous kind of question because yes, it is on changes and whatnot. And I never really kind of like I never sort of and I get this question a lot, obviously, I, but I never wanted to find what I like in an actor. Right. I feel like once I define that, then I'll lose it and lose that sort of gut instinct and feelings. Oh, wow. And you know, I don't know why. I don't really try to analyze it in the sense of I will analyze why I liked the scene they did. But as an actor or an actress, I, I don't want to define why I like them in particular. Right. And and I always say to my, I always tell everybody, says, do you ever sit down and sort of analyze all your friends and what you know traits they have in common? You know, you just <laughs> your friends. Exactly. You know, it's the same thing. And there's some actors that I just don't like. I recognize that they're good actors, but I particularly mm. don't want to watch them in a movie. Let's say. And a couple of them I've actually hired. Um, so you know, I, I again, you know, that's it's a personal preference. I mean, the, the 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 great thing about casting, and also the frustrating thing about casting, is that it's very personal. It's very subjective. So right. all the, all these wonderful actors, they go in and they meet all these cast directors. If you try to make every single cast director you meet happy and pleasant and do it their way, you, you'll be schizophrenic. <laughs> For sure. You know, so I, I so don't worry about people liking you. Let them discover and like you, and and also everybody realize that there are going to be people out there who love you, who think you're the you know the greatest than sliced bread, and there's going to be other people who don't like you, don't get you. But are there situations where you've had someone that you actually don't like but brings an amazing experience, you know, to the role? Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, you no, bring no, them I, in. I, I I love when people change my mind. Well, yep. Um, you know, and, and, and but yeah, but I mean, I. Right, you you hire some of you hire actors for a lot of other reasons than just ability or your like or your like of that actor or actress, um, especially in the lead kind of roles for movies. But sure, you know I'm I'm open to that. I mean that's that's a whole thing about our experience as actors in this casting. We should just be open to everything, be open to being wrong. Well, that's a, that's that's a good to know. You know, not everyone's like that. Well, that, I mean. Then they should stop doing their job. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but do you think that your experience as a writer, or or your experience as a as a casting director, has helped your writing, or has you being a writer helped you being a casting director? I don't. I think my experience as a casting director has helped my writing. I don't think my writing has helped my experience as a casting director. Um, and the only reason why it's helped my writing is because I've read so many freaking scripts in my life. Yeah. Um, and so I can kind of tell, I can just tell what I like and sort of what sells in a sense or, or what gets people excited as much. So I kind of try to incorporate that into my writing and knock on wood, I've been pretty successful at it. Um, so, but I've cast, one, two, I'm trying to think, I one, two. I've sold the five things, three got made, I cast two of them. So, and that was, it wasn't, I wasn't at all like, I, I try to make myself non-personal to it. Like, you know, listen, I, people pass and people don't want to do something for a whole variety of reasons. So I was, you know, I was afraid that I was going to be very personal. Oh my God, they're passing in my script, how dare they? Um, but I didn't, I wasn't that at all. I was like, okay. Okay, they're you know that so and so's passing, and because there's so many reasons why people pass on things and not and not or not like things or whatever, and that's that's everyone's prerogative. So I had a really kind of weird distance from the stuff that I was casting that I wrote. Um, but 
yeah, I don't think it's helped me. I don't think I'm trying to think. Casting helped me be a better writer. Writing has not helped me be a better casting director. Right. Okay. So, you know, if the actor isn't fit for the role that you're auditioning for, but you like them, would you bring them back in again for other projects or other roles? Of course. Of course. That's the, that's that should be the goal of the actor of the audition. You don't, yes. you don't always be the goal not sort of getting the role, but quote unquote booking the office and making us uh, making whoever's casting, whoever's office, whoever's producing, whoever's directing a fan of yours. So because most people go on to do other projects and you just build this foundation, this base of people who like you who are fans. Right. So what separates an actor to an extraordinary actor? What is the difference in that? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, if I had that magic dust, I'd, you know, I'd be Bill Gates. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the right time, right combination of role and, and attention and, you know, the cloud, it, it's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You really, you know, as I look at George Clooney, you know, how many pilots did he do before that? And 15 got ER, yeah. he, did, he got the right role at the right time. And George Clooney's a very nice actor, but just George Clooney's not like, you know, in the oh, great pantheon of actors. And then he's not going to be in that, in that, you know, the great pantheon of all time as an actor, as quote unquote actor. But, you know, he got lucky, you know, and right place, right time, having the right ability, right role. Yeah, he was, he, he talked about that. And he said that um, he, the reason he felt that he got that was because he finally realized that he would go in and do the best take what he thought. And then he realized, actually, it's not about me. It's about what casting people want. And, and then he auditioned for, you know, ER and, and got it because he felt he changed his whole dynamic of audition. Well, right, but it also too. I mean, I mean, right, and and then if if that move if that wasn't a hit, if that if ER wasn't a hit, then he wouldn't be as hit. If he wasn't really fit that role like a glove, it wouldn't right. have. Hit. It's you know what I'm saying so it's just the right time, right time, right space, yes. right environment. It's a lot harder to break nowadays. Sorry everybody, but it is mm. amount of you know. Um, viewership and options to view different products the amount of product that's out there it's just it's very hard i mean honestly when was the last time anybody broke from a from a network tv show zendaya <laughs> but that's Maybe. but that's that's a streamer that's you know it's, it's, it's yeah like, from yeah. a network show no no. Network show, no i mean sterling k brown but you know did he break no not really he's a great he's a really good actor it's just you know he's not no one's rushing out to go see a sterling k movie sterling k brown movie so you know it yeah it is difficult to bring new talent in you know and I, and i i mean would you know would you do that or is it really well, about... it's not difficult to bring new talent in i think it's it's more difficult to break break as new, ta as new talent but, um, but the only way they can break is if you bring them in right the, but but what i'm saying is but it's harder to the break the bringing them in i don't think is, is an issue because more and more uh, production is spreading out. They're not spending as much money. So it's sort of conducive to a lot of times for, for you know, finding people who quote unquote don't have a name or not or whatnot. So um, I, I actually think the opportunities are greater, but also the competition is greater. Yes. And there's then, more people, and, right? Right. And then to, and then for someone to break really big and get sort of that momentum that, you know, would happen years and years ago, um, I think is, is really hard right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many movies do you do? You, do some of these big star star, and then you know, like, oh, they did that movie. It's on. 
Hulu or something. You know what I'm saying? You don't even know. It's out there. It's Yeah, it's hard to keep track of everything. Track of it, there's yeah. so many platforms. And a lot of it's special. I mean, that's I think that's one of the things the streamers did that sort of taints everything. It's like nothing's really special because, oh, we're just going to go to, what's on Hulu? Let me go over there. Oh, it's on Netflix. What's over there? And there's always you know, a million options. So nothing's really like special. Right. Right, right, right. Um, you know, it's, it's nothing to do with actors, actually. It just has to do with the state of the business. Right. Well, the business has gone through quite a lot in the last year, or yeah. last four years, you know, with COVID, everything changed. And then, you know, with the strikes last year and now the imminent IATSE strike. Right, right, right. It changes everything. So, I mean, do you look at um, things like, you know, what experiences, what classes, you know, an actor has? All these are my um, You know, again, not really. Again, I'm one of. The, I'm really kind of weird that way. I think that I, I recognize, like, I, I I'm a notorious non-hater, a hater, uh, not a non-hater, a hater of, and hate might be a strong word, but it's true of theater. I don't get it. I respect it. I think we should do it. I understand that it could be good. It's just not my medium and to watch. Uh, and so I don't go. Um, so I don't look at anything in particular because nothing's going to really listen. I've been doing this long enough to know that I can have the most wonderful, amazing actors from Yale drama school. And I can have really shitty actors from Yale drama school. I have wonderful, amazing actors who aren't, aren't signed. And there are shitty actors who aren't signed with anybody. So, you know, what you do, where you go, how you do it does not define you as an actor. So mm. I take things into consideration and I go, oh, there are certain things just because I happen to like them that I go, oh, wow, the person started in that show. I mean, I, I'm now more interested, but it's never, there's no set rules to that kind of stuff. So I kind of take everything a little, with a little bit of a grain of salt because of knowing that, you know, people aren't defined by certain things only especially, especially actors aren't defined by certain things only so so i uh, i wanted to ask you the i listened to an interview the other day the other night with um busy phillips oh, and she was saying that a casting director had asked her that she had to remove mole her, her molars um because they needed to shape, reshape her face and they were asking her to lose weight. I mean, have you been in that situation? Um, not really. I mean, I, I always, I mean, the only time I've ever like sort of gone down a similar role was like with, with hairstyles of both, of both actors and actresses because it doesn't look good on the tape. Right. You know, because it's, you know, but I've heard about that. I remember I did, when I did the original Roswell, I cast that there was something about, vaguely about Catherine Heigl's weight or something like that, but, you know, that stuff is all just sort of silly. And as a casting director, I have no right to tell people sort of like to change themselves or like not to, I, I always, it irritates me because I know some people have actually said this, like, you know, telling actors not to, not to pursue their dream. It's like, what do you, that's, that you may not like them as an actor. That's fine. It doesn't mean you have to tell them they can't stop because there's going to be other people out there in the, in this entertainment industry that do like them. So mm. I, I, I don't like when I hear that things have gone down that road. I think it's just, silly and whatnot and if and if let busy or whoever make that decision unto themselves 
I've done stuff like, you know, listen, you know, I've a very emotional scene. I remember specifically one actress. I was like, listen, that was really good, but you're a little bit of an ugly crier, <laughs> you know, and, and that's going to stop you. Because it's a visual <laughs> medium. But who tells him that, you know? Like, I did. I did. I said it right then and there. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes that's better feedback. Yes. Somebody can get a control of that and handle that and figure that out. And if nobody tells them that, this poor actress is never going to get really good dramatic roles. Exactly. So, you know, so, you know, what core, so what core skills do you commonly see auditioning actors are lacking? What core skills? Are you, are, are, yes. You know, like, um, do you want them to have multiple uh, languages or, you know, no, it's never that deep. I'm exactly what I'm looking for at the time, you know. So, if I need somebody, you know, with let's say who's Australian and I'm doing, doing casting, the Australian accent needs to be fantastic. It, it's never sort of a set thing that I judge, it's really, really role specific about what I'm looking for, right? That sort of dictates what's what I'm in love with at the time. So are there unique challenges or opportunities that you encounter when you're casting for films compared to television, you know, and commercials? Oh, I've never done a commercial, so I don't oh, wow. know okay. um, how that happens. I kind of want to stay away from that because, you know, and, and God bless people who do, but it's, I find, I would find that probably the least creative out of the bunch and I could be wrong, but um, is there any surprise, you know, I just love when people get jobs and gets work and sometimes, you know, we're doing it sometimes we forget how even like sometimes an actor booking the smallest role, one liner can really impact their life, you know, still to this day. And so that's always kind of the wondrous thing about casting in terms of film. You know, it depends on the, how the film comes out in a way, mm -hmm. because then I then I like to be part of sort of that, you know, oh, I was I helped that become that good, you know, in my mind. So um, that's where I get my, you know aspirations there but no i really look at it as a production as a business and i really am very pr uh, production forward when i cast in terms of uh, you know i i want to be as creative possible but i also have to understand that i'm you know it's part of a larger production and it has to go smoothly with the production right so can you take us through like a timeline and logistics of the casting process from initial auditions to final selections to i mean do you go on set as well oh, final I, process i do i i'm very bored by sets <laughs> i am i just get my again my attention span is really short so it's like i don't get too excited i remember like you know when i was doing cold cases in the show for four years i think i went down to the set as they were shooting twice um <laughs> i was on the same lot so um <laughs> Um, but what was the first part of the question? Sorry. Oh, um, I was just oh, thinking, the, what's the yeah, process? I mean, it's, again, it's, different, it's, it's different for film and television. You know, mm -hmm. episodic, you have eight days. Um, right. And then you go through and, you know, you start again. You start again, you have to go every eight mm -hmm. days, you know. And like I said, when I did Cold Case, the difficulty of the show is I had sometimes an average 25 to 35 roles per episode, so every eight days, and I had the matching. So I devised a way to do it that was very structured and very organized. You know, in this day, and the great thing about that show was the scripts never changed. And once I got a script on pre first day of pre-production, it never, it never wavered. They, I mean, I mean, if they changed one line, I think in the four years that I did it, that was that would have been it. 
So I was lucky like that. And you just go and you cast until you cast the show, you know, mm-hmm. and I, the time frame, the, the, the quickness of the time, I think actually helps. It forces people to make decisions. You know, the worst kind of executive to work for in directing in any capacity is somebody who doesn't know what they want or somebody who's very kind of wishy-washy about what they want. You know, um, that's always the most difficult. Um, and film, it's a little bit longer process, although now, you know, because we're unionized, I can't be on a film for like a year, like I used to be. Like I did a movie called Love and Sex, it was only for like a year. Um, and because I love the film and I love the director, I was one of it. Um, so that can't really happen anymore. So it's spread out over eight weeks and you just keep going. And, you know, again, it's not a set process with the film. Sometimes we'll set somebody earlier than later. You just, you know, until we can find them. Uh, so, well, that's that's crazy being on set for a year. That's that's why. On a, not on set, on the film. On the film, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it was crazy, and that's what happened. You know, before everything was unionized, you can, you know, and I wouldn't do that with every film, but I would only do that with the films that I really, really liked, and I liked the people with it. But also did it with the backdrop that I also was working on an episodic TV because episodic TV pays more money. So I had the luxury of actually being on a film for a year, a year without making any money as much as I should be making, quite frankly. Um, yeah, well, that I, was, makes sense. I was making money somewhere else. Right, but that makes sense actually being there for all, you know, being there for all that time. You know, the longer you're working on something, uh, the less it is per whatever, the, the pay rate and all that. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It, depends, well, it really depends on your structure of the deal. But, you know, indie films at the time, they don't have that much money to pay casting anyway. Yeah, that's that's very true, actually. And there's a lot of them, too. Yes. <laughs> it seems like there's, that's all we're getting lately is, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, quite frankly, it's one of the reasons why I'm not working as much as I want to is because they can't afford me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, 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 it has to be a very special film for me to break my rate. And I have you know right because you like the people involved you know you know now i'm really very particular about the people i work with in terms of um director producers i make sure they're nice and i get along with them i you know life is too short to work with obnoxious people that's very true actually very very true so i wanted to open it up and 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 have some questions from from everyone i'm open to anything I, i am honest to a fault yeah, you're fabulous. What oh. inf- fantastic information that you're giving us. I hope so, so. I'm just opening it up. So if anyone wants to raise their hand. Um, Bill. Bill, I saw Bill. The there quick... he is. He's coming up. Oh, do I have to do anything or just? No, it'll... you do okay. nothing. Hey, Bill. Hey, Versa. Hey, good morning. Uh, let me just turn the audio up here. Yeah, uh, yeah, good morning. Good morning. Um, Great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Aversa, for creating the space. And Michael, thank you so much for your uh, enlightening uh, inside look at, at the whole process that that uh, is so important to, to us. And it's just the yeah. behind the scenes. So appreciate your um, sharing what you did. I had a question about uh, about the reels, mm-hmm. you know, when I, I, I'm curious. I'm just curious. I've been told different things, but what I've got is is a reel of of stuff I've done. You know, all scripted projects, TV, film, whatever. Um, but I've also got other stuff, and I'm just wondering if 
What, what, do, you, what do you mean by stuff? Okay. Stuff. It, it's me doing stand-up. It's me hosting a podcast. It's, you know, different. I, I, would, do, I would do separate reels for that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on your demo reel, like your acting demo reel. Uh-huh. But would, would some, I mean, the demo reel is obviously what I'd lead with. And, and uh, but would it, would it ever interest you to look at something, you know, kind of oddball, you know, bits of this and that, this and that, 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 that convey something about uh, the actors, the breadth of their um, performance experience? Um, I don't care about their breath until I, if a role, until a role requires it. In other words, again, I have to be, because there's so many actors and I, you know, and I'm generally watch everything. I can't watch everything that if, if you're considered for a certain role and then it's, mm -hmm. a, you know, then I would look. Okay. Just, just I, I wouldn't just look at it just to look at it because when I, when it's out of context for me and it's not very specific to a project, yeah. I quite forget about it Okay, because I don't have anything to sort of attach it to. Right. But if it's like, oh God, remember that guy that had that wacky tape when we did that episode of this, you know, the circus episode? What about that guy? That's that's how I anchor it. Gotcha. Okay. That's very helpful to know. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. But that's just me. I mean, I don't know. There's maybe other casting directors out there that just, you know, watch there was a casting director, I won't mention her name, which she kind of helped me get started, but she was a real whack job. Um <laughs> She would like see and look at everybody and everything just so she could say like, "Oh, Brad Pitt, yeah, no, I discovered him. Oh, that girl, yeah, no, no I discovered her too. Can't, yeah." She, <laughs> she would do that kind of stuff. It's like you didn't, you know, you didn't discover everybody because they're demo real. Just half of the actors out. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, Sheila. Good morning. Good Hi. morning, Versa. Hi, Hi, Michael. Hi. Hi. I wanted to ask you, Michael, the golden first few seconds of an audition. Right. I, um, you know, I've heard to jump right into the text, but sometimes the, for me, the golden moment is part of the subtext that is nonverbal. But if we're trying to catch out of hundreds of tapes, the casting director's eye, what catches you? Well, but oh. you know, like silence and, and getting into it in the beginning of a tape is can be deadly too. It, it, it depends on the scene itself. Yeah. You know, if the scene is set up that you have sort of beats in the beginning to sort of play the subtext or get into it, then take that if it's there. If it's not there, if it goes right into it, then go right into it. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're sort of dictated by the right. structure. Right. Well, I mean, I'm thinking of um, a recent audition where it's in a graveyard and we're looking at right. my son. Yeah. So to me, the, the graveyard is very important. And then we go in, and then I go into text, which has nothing to do with what's most important. Which Again, is, does the scene start as a graveyard? Do they, the scenes like, you know, the couple walks through the graveyard till they reach their son's or daughter's or whoever's tombstone. I mean, you know, it depends, again, how it's actually written will dictate yeah. how you do it. Yeah. You know, um, if I it mean, starts I also dialogue think it's right choices. Away, yeah. It's choices. But again, you have to understand, especially when it's sort of silent kind of inner monologue work that can be deadly sometimes it doesn't translate so okay. you have yeah to, no have I, to... I i completely know what you're saying because those first seconds are crucial right but um okay i, mean, I, I always you. play always play a tape do a tape to like like you're doing it to one person through the camera really you know, okay that's, that's really helpful yeah uh, i mean your eyeline, your eyeline's really really important you know always keep your eyeline like towards the camera but slightly off of it so it doesn't look like you're looking at the camera unless the role calls for it you know, the side view sometimes of, uh, of people when they're doing something, it, it becomes a little bit unaccessible for a viewer to sort of see an actor and see what they're doing because I'm only seeing like sometimes half their face or three quarters of their face. 
So all that really kind of counts. All right, so, awesome. And I have one other quick question. For a callback, sure. do you like to see a different choice or do you like to- No, if you get a callback, okay. you get, if, you get a, if you get a callback and get no notes, don't change yeah. a thing. Don't change your socks, don't change your underwear, your deodorant, <laughs> whatever, don't change it. Unless you're okay. giving the notes to change it because you got a callback for a reason and that's the reason. Awesome. That is all great info and I appreciate your candidness and just being so honest. So it's really great. Thank oh. you. Fantastic. Hey, Zachary, good morning. Hello. Good morning. No specific Ooh. questions. Just wanted to pop in and say hi. Oh, hi. hi. There you go. Um, AJ, good morning. Good morning, Versa. Hi, Michael. Hi, everyone. It's so Hi. great. Thank you uh, for this wonderful room. And Michael, I just want to say um, I watched, I remember Steve Cannell Productions. I grew up watching uh, those. And I just want to thank you for your contribution to the entertainment industry. My, oh, my. I'm thrilled to, to be here in the room with you. That's very nice of you. <laughs> Sometimes I have a hard time sort of looking about, like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm like a shark. I just kind of keep moving. So I try not to sort of like assess my life in one big gulp like this. So it's kind of <laughs> weird, but thank yeah. you. I, pre I do appreciate that feedback. It's very nice. <laughs> of I course. Like I, I do have a question um, yes. about the next, you know, the next generation advice for the next generation, Michael. Um, you know, I, I know things are changing like Versa mentioned in the industry and all the time and um you've seen over a wonderful span of experience um how oh god i feel like i'm 100 years old right now <laughs> <laughs> wisdom um what, what what needs what did the young folk need to hear that that maybe the old us older folk because i'm i'm with you i'm in the same age group as you okay um what do they need to hear thank you so much I mean, I, listen. I, I mean, I don't like. I don't want to be this like you know, older, wise, sage guy who comes down and tells people how you know their experience should be different because their experience is going to be different because it's a different time. Um, again, I would just say just stay true to character, stay true to acting. It's not as easy as you think it is. It's not you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So you know, make sure you do the work. Um, have fun. Most of all, have fun. And if you're not having fun, change your doing. But you can apply that to anything in your life, quite frankly. And then also, too, with the way things are, you know, really, really think about creating your own stuff as well, along with everything else. Because it's just, it'll keep you creatively satisfied, I think. That's what I would tell everybody. Excellent. Okay, who's next? Jerry? Uh, Jerry, oh, yes. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Versa. Hey, Michael. Nice to see you again. I, I met you about probably 30 years ago in a workshop. Oh, my God. <laughs> a long time ago. Um, so my question is, because uh, you, you talked about not really looking at reels. So I'm just curious in terms of bringing in people that you don't know from before. Um, is it primarily just headshots? Do you look at uh, like actor pitch, uh, uh, agent pitches? I mean, what are the things that no, make I'm you really, want to take a I'm, chance on something? I'm really, I'm really, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I just honestly, I what I do is I just, you know, when I release a breakdown, I go through all the submissions and from various places and whatnot from that, and I just go through. You know, I it, it, it it's kind of hard to do because I do other things besides 
casting and with, with the writing and, and, and teaching online and on online class that I do that it's hard for me to sort of, and the downtime of doing a project casting, do I start looking through actors just to look at them? You know what I'm saying? If you know what I'm saying? So, um, again, I go through everything on a project by project basis. Quite frankly, I do make mental notes if I'm watching a TV show. Oh, I love that actor, blah, blah, blah. Then you know, it's really good. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And then when I go, when I, when I get a project, I start thinking about other ideas that are not get submitted. You know, uh, social media, I don't go looking on social media for actors, whatnot. But if I'm going through like Instagram, I go, oh, what about, you know, Mandy June for that role? That's not a bad idea. You know, it's, it's a discovery as opposed to sort of a search. I, I guess actually what I what I was meant more was in terms of like headshots, like is there some specific thing about, you know, shots that catch your eye? Is it oh, no, something you can't put your finger on? Yeah, it's, it's again, it, again, it also is like role specific. You know, sometimes some headshots fit certain roles better than others. They just, they just do. You know, they give different vibes. So again, it's very role specific. There's nothing in, you know, it's as long as it shows your personality or in a sense, you know, it's accessible, like you're, oh, you know, oh, get to know me. Like, oh, I want to go, I want to get to know that person. That's sort of what the headshots would say. And don't do anything that's, that's, don't take it any way that's different than who you are. You know, if you're a jeans and t-shirt kind of person, then wear jeans and t-shirt. Because the, the, you know, the uncomfortableness of trying to be something you're not comes through on a, on a, on a picture. So, again, right. hopefully that answered your question. I don't know if it did, but... Yeah, I get it. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here, Tim. Hey, good morning, Kimberly. How are you? Oh, good morning. Always happy to be here, Versa, and listening <laughs> to all the great people that are here. I just had to come up on stage, Michael, as a fellow casting director, who I just love hearing that someone else doesn't care for slates. I don't care. I like to see the work. Nobody's booking a job. Right off a slate. I mean, a slate is just meant for like sometimes our executives or whoever's watching who don't know actors and just want an introduction. But I, at the end of the day, I just like, what? I don't, I don't watch them. Well, I, if people do request them, I personally always show them last because I feel like I want the work to speak for itself because what if there is something in the slate that they just don't like, and now they've tuned out before they even watch the work and isn't the work, you know, the storyteller well, is getting that. the job. If, somebody, if somebody's tuning out about us from a slate, I mean, I mean, what are they doing at that point to make them do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's yeah. Who knows? Well, sometimes there's that's no why. vision, so maybe if that person, that actor, isn't at all like the energy or temperament of the character they're casting for, they just can't see it then. So right. I just like to let the work speak for the work and Put it at the the slate. End, right. if they need it later, they can then see, hi, yeah. I'm so-and-so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's, that's why I like them on different takes or different, you know, I don't like them together on the same on the same take because i rather control when somebody sees the slate. same here i don't send them unless they request them ever yeah. <laughs> but yes it was great talk today thank you for all your great information thank I you lo just love it fun times fantastic thank you kimberly horacio good morning what's your good question? morning sir good morning to you both hi versa hi michael hi, hi. It's been awesome hearing you guys have this conversation. Uh, Michael, always great to hear your voice. I wanted to ask, um, Michael, do you wait till like all of the tapes are submitted? Or I, I tend to wait usually day of or morning of to submit. 
Um, but my manager always requests as early as possible. Sorry, I'm out of breath. I'm, a, yeah, I, I don't understand. I'm at the gym I, right now. That's a, that's that's I don't understand that whole like get in as early as possible. For me, the way I work is if I'm setting up a deadline, I'm setting up that deadline because I can't look at the tapes beforehand. You know, time is an actor's friend when building a character and building a scene. So if you have the time, I always take it. You know, I don't I don't start looking at the tapes until the deadline comes through. So other casting directors may work differently. I don't. So I, you know, I'd rather you have the time. That's why, you know, I know the new SAG rules are sort of kicked in in terms of length and times of additions, but whenever I've given a film, I think, you know, I, I think the average time they're given an actor is like a week before they send in the tape because, you know, you guys need time to do what you do. Um, so no, for me, if you ever do submitting for me, don't feel the need to get it in early. It's not going to do any good. Good to know. Yeah, I like to take my time on, you know, developing yeah. the character and right. That's 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 the actors need that time. So so if you have the time, take it. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll let my manager know to stop rushing. Yeah, I'm but, kidding. I'm well, kidding. But it, I don't know. You know, there may, be, <laughs> there may be other cast directors who work differently, you know, that they're wrong. No, I'm kidding. Um so No, absolutely. I appreciate right. the, I appreciate the answer and thank you so much, Versa, for having these uh conversations Fantastic. every Friday morning. Thank you, Rasio. Thank you very much. We've got Dante. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Rasio. Good morning, Michael. I appreciate you, Rasio, keeping I guess, uh, keeping the room going for so many years, being consistent, staple on here. Uh, Michael, uh, question. So, just from from your experience, um, like let's say you have your fa like an actor that you're a fan of, and and um, you're submitting them either for you know multiple different projects whenever their agent or manager submits them or or uh, maybe even the same project multiple times. Um, how often than not is it? Is there a cohesiveness with the decision with you and like the director and, and the um, and the producers, or is it a lot of times sometimes a uh, disconnect oh, yeah, or maybe? Gonna, yeah, it's all over that spectrum. I mean, there's times where you know we're on the same page. Other times where I'm like, you're you're making a huge mistake. I need you need to stop doing this. And, and you know, I'm, I'm when I feel really strongly about an actor, I will be a real pain in the ass about it. Um, a couple that come to mind, I remember I was doing a, a small movie called The Young Unknowns, and I was looking for a really good um, Asian-American actress, and Lucy Liu had come in like three times. She loved the movie. She wanted to work with it, and my director wasn't seeing it, and I'm just like, I, you're, I'm just not, you're, you're wrong. For the, the specific at that time that, that these roles were specific, this role is, I mean, she's perfect. She's great, and, you know, she's really good. And she said no and we passed and we changed she changed the character because she wasn't finding what she wanted and then like lucy Liu, after the movie would have been shot she then booked ally mcbeal which then led on to her to be you know charlie's angels the whole thing and every single time now lucy Liu books something my director sends me like a note an email text i was so wrong i was so wrong so that happens it's 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 great when you're in sync with a with a director but you know that doesn't always come and the other one I was I was doing cold case and uh, it was a great role uh, uh, of a woman uh, take on the uh, West Memphis three basically a woman who knew that her husband murdered the, her son and somebody else and she kept quiet it was a very complex role and you know uh, Melissa Leo 
had read it and liked it, but she wouldn't audition, but she would do it. We would do it for the money. And my, my showrunner who wrote the show was a very, very great creative woman, but she was, I don't know. I really want to see her do it. Can't she do it? I was like, it's Melissa Leo. She could do it. And basically I said, I'm not bringing anybody else in. I'm not, th- this is it. You pick her. There's nobody else. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm stopping work. And I, we had a standoff for like a day and a half before she said, fine, fine. Let's just hire her. <laughs> and, and then, you know, when she did it, she was like, oh, my God, you're so, you're so right. She's so good. I and mean, she was really, she was fantastic. It's Melissa Leo. She won an Academy Award, for God's sakes. Um, but, yeah, you fight you fight for who you want and who you like if you feel that passionately about it. I love that. That's, I love that. Yeah. It's fantastic. All right, Horacio, we're running out of time, so I want to move on. Oh, sorry, it's Dante. Dante uh, uh, Eric is the last one, right? Eric is the last one, yeah. Good morning, Eric. Hey, uh, good to meet you, Michael. Um, just to uh, follow up on that a little bit. So if you're interested in this, uh, reach out and just say, do an avail check. If you're, or, if you're interested, I'm sorry, if you're interested in what? I'm sorry. Um, you if you're interested, okay. then you send out an avail check or do you, um, how does that contact occur? Do you just, you know, because... Yeah. Well, it, it depends on what so, stage you're at, you know, and in, in terms of what stage sure. you are in the process and what stage an actor is out is in their career. There's some actors who won't read for certain things. And so you val check and that's when you get your demo or whatnot. And then you make offers if, that, you know, usually offers don't come with actors who are who don't unquote have any sort of name value that you're before you would offer that to, to them. Um, so it, it all depends on where they're at in where you're at in the process and where the actor's at in their career. Yeah, that makes sense. I did, I did have one quick question. Uh, if, if an actor's must join, should they ever just state that or does that help you eliminate? No, well, listen, or, you know, these SAG projects where we check or the production checks with SAG to see the status of an actor. So SAG will tell you the status. I mean, it's convenient and nice to state, you know, when you're closing the deal with an actor saying, you know, the actor's like a, is a must join. So you're like, oh, we'll tell them to go pay their dues right away, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, but usually, you know, any good casting office or production is going to check with SAG to see the status of an actor. And then they, you know, come back, say this actor is a must join. This actor's okay. This actor is non-record, non-guild, which we don't, you have to tap partly them. And then you go back and say, hey, they came back as a must-join, so, you know, Eric needs to pay his dues before he can work. Right, gotcha. Yeah, I know because that's kind of a line for a lot of people. It's the kind of the next Catch-22 going over the hurdle is like, oh, now I'm a must-join, but, you know, these Well, that's why goals... every actor right now starts saving for when you have to pay your dues. Yeah. 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 You know, put a little well, here, put $5 away here, 5 there, then build it up as you're going along, so then when you do have to pay your dues, it's Either you have it all or the, the knock, because, you know, an episodic is going to be quick. Well, that's that's kind of what I'm wondering, too, with whether a production would just nab somebody already in or, hey, hey we have to make this person join to, you know, because it. Well, it listen, if I, you know, well, no, so we're, well, I'm not going to like. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's not it's not really a catch 22 is unfortunately for me to hire you. You have to join. I, if I'm a good cast director, already have backups ready to go. And, and that and that's true, actually. Yeah, and you yeah. are a must join because no one's gonna no one's gonna hire you if you are a must join. Well, not only that, not only that, right? Because we unless you pay the dues, because we can't. Yeah, you or can't can. exactly. 
the only work. case that's an option just to jump in it's kimberly the only case it's an option is if it is a right to work state because there is an actor that i've worked with in richmond virginia a number of times and he's been on numerous network tv shows in the area but because virginia is a right to work state he has not had to join but that's not every state not so you really state. do need to know your regulations it's very few actually yeah, so you would need to know that yeah oh, and, and I'm, i don't know where you're based eric but it's it's yeah it's pretty you know, general. Always... Thank, thank you for that pointing that out kimberly that's a good point and thank you. right and i and i also don't think you should join until you have to join yeah I agree. I totally agree with you, Michael, because I think, you know, it's good to go out there and get as much experience as you can. And from what I understand, the commercial, the commercial world is mostly non-union now anyway, so. Great chat. Yeah, you know, this... Great chatting. Thank you. Fabulous. I've got one final question from Denise Hardigan, who says, um, would you, Person. how do you feel about self-tape clip for an audition if the actor doesn't have any good or recent no because what that does is for me that sort of backs up the reason you, that you didn't get it right right you know that that's you know for a demo reel or anything like that to see something else i'd rather see something just in a, in a professional basis because then i always wonder why well they didn't get it why unless unless it's the most phenomenal audition tape ever you know there was an actress um her name was jordina cates she was around for a while she was really she was hot for like a half second but they would send around she auditioned for what was Carlito's Way, the Brian De Palma movie with Al Pacino and Sean Penn. Penelope Ann Miller wound up getting the role, but her audition tape for that was so phenomenal um, that they would send that around, and that kind of worked. Uh, and then, like, I just did, I did a movie called Like a House on Fire, uh, where we're the lead actress we were um, considering, my, the director and I loved her. My producers were kind of on the fence about her. Um, and then I got an, uh, a hold of her audition tape from Midsummer, because she was very close to getting that role that Florence Pugh got. And we showed it to them, and my producer was like, oh, yeah, that, I, I see it now. So, unless I, I, the audition tape's got to be phenomenal for you to use in yeah. any other sort of professional capacity. Fantastic. So, thank you. So, Michael, how can people get hold of you? Uh, you can reach me at on my Instagram account, michaeltessacassian at gmail.com. Um, I will do a little plug if anybody wants some really, really cool, very cheap, very affordable, very flexible, very challenging uh, online one-on-one -on -one self tape classes. Contact me there and uh, come aboard. Love it. I've already got people I think I want to send to you. <laughs> send them send them my way. Uh, or you, you can email me, but use it very sparingly. And Yes casting at gmail.com um if you abuse that i will find you and i will haunt you <laughs> haunting is one thing hunting is another i guess yeah. That's um, I I final question what do you feel is the most underrated word what's the most underrated word mm -hmm. oh god what is this? Can I be kind of crass right now? Yes. <laughs> Fart. Oh my God. <laughs> well, like, here's why. Farting is a way, Friday brings everybody down to like the same level. Like, <laughs> Sorry. <I'm> just... <laughs> you're, you're, like if you're angry, you're in a fight with somebody, if somebody farts, they everybody starts laughing, right? That's exactly right. So it takes away the anger. Sometimes it bonds people. It's a very underrated thing to do. 
I love it. I so fun. Questions like that always kind of free. I, I never know how to answer questions like that. Well, you answered it really well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so be final thoughts. In the world, right? Oh, my God. Oh, my so God. So down. final thoughts. Sorry. You'll hunt us down. Just... So there's a chance. Yes. Hunt? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not getting the link there. I said haunt, not hunt. Oh, haunt. I know. But gotcha. Haunt. So, Michael, um, just a final quote from you about, you know, for the actors to learn and to grow. Oh, God. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not a deep person at all. Um, I'm really shallow. Let's see. Um, you are not. That's not true. I am actually very shallow. I'm very shallow. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I, you know, go through your career and your life just not trying to do something but just be i guess well that's deep is it I yeah guess. it is yeah it is. i don't know sometimes i think actors sometimes try too hard yes these other people as opposed to sort of just pleasing themselves and having fun and i think that really that comes through more than anything else and makes us want to hire you well yeah it's like living in your body and not trying to be outside telling everybody yeah. you know you're fabulous and therefore you make me fabulous you know so anyway, look, thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys. You're fantastic. Nice to see Wonderful. everybody. It's pictures. Um, and this is cool. I like this. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll have you back in again too, Michael. Great. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Bye. You too. Bye.